Carolina had their second worst three-point shooting percentage in program history last season. If they want their woes to stop, they're going to have to fix that number this year. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's July 12th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us to get your team every single day. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about this three-point shooting percentage, but I also want to talk about some voting that the Locked On ACC hosts did, and I've got some tidbits for you about baseball and some more updates on James Aconquo. So let's start right there with that three-point shooting percentage. I want to look back at what Carolina did last year, and then I want to look ahead at what we could kind of hope for or expect for this upcoming season. So 2022-23, last year, and as a reminder, the three-point shot has been fully in place since the 86-87 season. Last year, Carolina shot 234 of 751 from the three-point line. That is a 31.2 percentage. Where do you think that ranks? Hint, hint, it's pretty stinking low. Yes. In fact, the only season that it was lower was the 2019-20 season when Carolina shot 30.4% on 595 attempts. That was the season that ended with COVID. Carolina technically didn't miss the tournament because, uh, you know, it got canceled. But you notice a trend there? The two lowest shooting three-point percentages in program history came in the last four years, both of which were seasons in which the Tar Heels either didn't make the tournament or wouldn't have made the tournament if it happened in that year. And obviously, attempts are up because this is what happens in college basketball. Now the Tar Heels attempted 751 last year. The only seasons with more attempts were 0203. 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19, and 21, 22. So this was the fifth most attempts in history of the of the UNC program with the second worst three-point percentage. You feeling what I'm putting down here? The Tar Heels, there's a trend. Two of the last four years have two of the four worst shooting percentages in program history, and in those two years didn't make the tournament. That has to improve this upcoming season in order for the Tar Heels to, you know, succeed. (laughs) And this is where the game is going. This is where Coach Hubert Davis uh, seems to want to go. So how are the Tar Heels going to remedy these issues? Well, let's look at some of what happened last year. In terms of individuals, there were three players with 100 or more three-point attempts last year. They were Caleb Love, the only Tar Heel to take more than 200 attempts last year, was 73 of 244, or 29.9%. That's not very good. (laughs) Second on the Tar Heels in attempts last year was R.J. Davis, who was 63 of 174, 36.2%. 
And you got to imagine it would have been a good deal higher were it not for his messed up finger last season. And then third most attempts on the team last year was Pete Nance, who shot 32 of 100 for an even 32%. The next three Tar Heels in terms of attempts were Leakey, Puff Johnson, and DeMarco Dunn. So what do you notice about those six names, the six most attempted three-pointers last year for the Tar Heels? Caleb Love, not a Tar Heel anymore. R.J. Davis, still a Tar Heel. I mean, all of these guys are always going to be Tar Heels, but I just mean who they're playing for this upcoming season. Pete Nance, off to the pros. Leaky Black, off to the pros. Puff Johnson, transfer. DeMarco Dunn, transfer. Meaning only one Tar Heel out of the top six in terms of attempts is returning. Now, thankfully for the Tar Heels, it is the guy who shot the highest percentage last year of those six, and that's R.J. Davis. So that is encouraging. In fact, of those 751 attempts the Tar Heels had last year, here's how many of those are coming back. RJ's 174 attempts, Jalen Washington's seven attempts, Armando Baycott's six, Seth Trimble's six, Creighton Lebo's one, and Rob Landry's one. That means Carolina is returning 195 of their 751 three-point attempts, which works out to just 26%. Now, you might look at that and say, oh, man, that's not good. But keep in mind, that is from a team that shot the second worst three-point percentage in program history. So I'm here to say that it is a good thing that Carolina has lost so many of their three-point attempts from last year. You, you tracking with me on that? Yeah, you should be. And in fact, Carolina only returns one player who took more than seven three-point attempts last season. Total, not per game. Total. And that's R.J. Davis. Again, what I believe is a good thing. In fact, R.J. Davis and Seth Trimble are the only two returning starters, or excuse me, returning Tar Heels who made a three last year. R.J. made 63, Seth made one. That's where things are at. But here's what I am hopeful is to be the good news. <laughs> Carolina brings in a whole host of guys who have taken a lot more attempts and have often been more successful. Because, again, keep in mind, it's, it's not just attempts, it's makes, percentage, all of that. So, again, last year, Caleb Love took the most attempts by far and had an under 30% percentage. So you're looking for guys, even if the volume's not there, maybe the percentage is there. Or if the percentage is a little bit lower, maybe the volume's there so you get more return on that investment. But obviously, ultimately, you want the three-point attempts and the three-point percentage to be up. So in terms of who's coming in, think about this. Joining RJ Davis is Cormac Ryan, who's never attempted fewer than 125 threes in his career. And outside of, you know, kind of one year shot well. Jalen Withers has attempted in his three years so far, 21, 64, and 96 threes. Paxson Wojcik didn't have as many attempts his first couple of years, 19 and 10, but then the last two years, his junior and senior years at Brown, 115 and 150 attempts. Harrison Ingerman, his two years at Stanford, 115 and 113 attempts. You bring in Elliot Cadeau, who, again, people make myself included, have made such a big deal about what he can do passing the ball. But often we haven't talked about that he is a very strong, solid outside shooter, and he's going to bring that to Carolina. 
Zayden High should be able to shoot outside. Maybe we won't see a ton of that early, but I expect it. Jim's a quote transferring and won't do much. He only had six attempts total in his two years at West Virginia and didn't make any of them. But obviously, all of these guys aren't going to be able to shoot as many threes as they have in recent years for their, their programs where they're transferring in from. Although, I think as you lose Caleb's 244 attempts, is that what the number was? Yeah, 244 attempts. There's a lot more to go around, and that makes Carolina as a team hopefully more dangerous this season. You know what I mean? Because it's not just reliant on RJ or whomever it is. It's RJ and Cormac Ryan and Jalen Withers and Paxson Wojcik and Harrison Ingram and Elliot Cadeau. Lots of guys capable of doing this. Heck, I hope Seth Trimble is able to do more. Jalen Washington able to do more. But at the end of the day, the Tar Heels have to be better than last year's 31.2%. You really, really hope that as a team, they could get up closer to 35% on their three-point attempts. That's kind of that threshold, that benchmark that I'm looking for that is, is to me, going to show the level of success that the Tar Heels are going to have. Because again, the last two of the last four years have been the lowest two years in program history. And those two years, they did not make the NCAA tournament or wouldn't have in the nineteen twenty season. So got to get it up to 35-ish percent is what I would like to see. So these guys coming in, plus RJ Davis, plus Jalen Washington and others, should make for a hopefully more successful season. Well, we looked yesterday at John Rothstein's ACC offseason breakdown. Well, wouldn't you know it, the hosts of the ACC at uh, at our Locked On Network have done something similar, have looked at where they would rank the ACC basketball programs right now. We're going to take a look at that in just a second. But first, friends, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Folks, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under, to who's going to hit the first home run in a game. You know, crazy things happen. Like last night, the National League won their first All-Star game in like the last 10 games. If I'm you, I'm going out on a futures bet for the Braves, my baseball team, because they are killing it and hopefully get Max Fried back after the All-Star game. Let me know your thoughts on that. All of this comes on an app that's safe, it's secure and it's super easy to use. Plus, when you win with FanDuel, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us here on Locked on Tar Heels. I know you were expecting our guy, Pat Kilby, today. Uh, we had some schedule changes, so he's going to be on tomorrow's show. We will be previewing Zayden High, so make sure you join us for that. By the way, for all you listeners and all your great listener questions that come in, we've got a great new way you can submit questions, videos, 
That way you get to be part of the show, your face, your voice. All you got to do, submit a 15, 10 to 15 second video, your name, where you're from, and your question. And you can send that in to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Okay, the hosts of Locked On have um, brought in, we were, we were asked to do some voting, some polls, where we voted specifically on ACC schools, a variety of topics, things about football, who's got the best offense, the best defense, the best coach, all of those things. But it wasn't just football related. It was athletics programs overall. And the question we want to tackle today is who has the best, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for here, um, basketball program right now. That's the intriguing thing about this. Who right now has the best um, basketball program? So we're ranking all 15 basketball programs right now. So this is a fun concept for this summer that we're going to be doing at Locked On. Um, and so what I want to do is unfurl one of these each week for you for the coming time. I believe there were nine or so different polls. And so this is the first one. Rank all 15 ACC basketball programs right now. Now, if you were with us yesterday, you everydayers are going to remember this. We looked at John Rothstein's kind of off-season power rankings for the ACC. And so I'm really curious to see in kind of real time, how these rankings compare to the Rothstein ones we looked at yesterday. And then we'll kind of get some takeaways from this. This is going to be a fun new concept for us for this year here on Locked on Tar Heel. So bear with me and let's get right into talking about this whole thing. All right. As you look at it, I'm going to take my picture and move it off to the side here. Um, I'm not doing that very well right now. I'm just going to remove it. How about that? That'll no, you can't see it. It's not good, but I'll just let you know <laughs> how it's looking. I apologize for that, everybody. Uh, technology is not doing what it's supposed to be right now. Um, let me give it to you starting at 15 and working all the way up to number one. And remember, this is right now. It's not historical. It's not looking into the future. It's where do the hosts, the ACC hosts of the Lockdown Network, feel the ACC basketball programs are at right now. And it's it's a very similar list. But, man, interestingly, it's Louisville that's number 15, the worst program in the conference. Yikes, that's rough. Um, the, the next several from 11 to 14 are basically the same that have been bottom dwellers for a while. Now, 14 is Georgia Tech, 13 Boston College, 12 Notre Dame, 11 Pitt. Um, and so that looking at that bottom five, I think Louisville is going to trend up. They've, they've made a lot of good moves this offseason. I think it depends on what Coach Kenny Payne is able to do. Like, was last year an issue of his coaching or of his players or combination of both? Whatever, we'll find out there. Um, outside of that, it, the, the only one of those that's maybe a little bit surprising to me is Pitt at number 11 because this is a right now ranking. And I would have thought the Panthers would have been a bit higher on this list than they were, but hey, uh, that that is the perception is that 
they haven't been great, although they were last year. All right, moving into 10 through 6. Let me reel it off for you. Number 10, Florida State. 9, Clemson. 8, Wake Forest. 7, NC State. 6, Virginia Tech. Um, I get Florida State being ranked 10th, just kind of similar to Louisville. What happened last year, they were not good. Uh, they they found more wins than the Cardinals did, but still, it was a bad year. So I, I can't argue with this other than I would have them lower than Pittsburgh, who is at 11, in, in terms of right now, again. Uh, Clemson at 9, Wake at 8, NC State at 7, Virginia Tech at 6. I'm not going to quibble with any of those other than, you know, I think Virginia Tech maybe got bumped down a little bit because they didn't have a great year. Um, NC State, I would have actually put a little bit higher because, again, these rankings are right now. And NC State had a pretty solid year last year. Let me rattle off next for you the top five. Number five, Syracuse. This is probably the biggest issue I have is that I think Syracuse is sitting there at five based on tradition more than what they've actually done right now, which is what this question, again, was all about because Syracuse is not a top five team in the ACC right now based on play recently and with losing Jim Beheim and having to bring in, not bring in, but um, uh, upgrade a new coach from within the program there. And so I, for me, I'm in, you got to prove it to me mode with Syracuse. So I would actually have them down more around like 10th or 11th, probably 10th um, would be the orange. So that that's probably the biggest misplaced team in terms of what our locked on ACC hosts did the top four. I, I can't really fault any of these four being in the top four. I think they are the best four programs in the ACC right now. Number four, Virginia, three, North Carolina, two Miami, and one Duke. Those top three, that's the exact same that John Rothstein had on his that we looked at yesterday. When you're looking at the, the right nowness of this, um, I would almost maybe put Miami above Duke. They have been the most successful team the past couple of years, uh, making the Elite Eight in back-to-back -back seasons. And I know they don't have the like the national or longevity um, notoriety that either Duke or North Carolina or I guess Virginia as well has. But in terms of the, if the, if you're truly answering right now to this question, Miami has been more successful than Duke or Carolina. And so I would have probably jumped them up, but I know some people are probably looking ahead to this year with this question. And so I get that. Um, and, and similar to yesterday with Rothstein, um, I would love to be able to put the Tar Heels up higher, but if we're if I'm being asked rank all 15 ACC basketball programs right now, I don't know that I could put what Carolina did last year or what they're you know kind of doing this offseason above Miami or Duke until we see what happens on the floor this season. Um, and I, I think the like the Homer, the fan in me could explain it away to to move the Tar Heels up to two or even one. But I would rather them be a little bit lower and have to fight for it and prove it and, and show that they can do it in the regular season, which they haven't done in a couple years. So that's where we are at. Um, but once again, it, it absolutely boggles my mind that Louisville is at the bottom of this list. But but it's true 
for the right now. They, above every other team, are going to have to come out and prove it on the court this year. If not, I think Kenny Payne might be gone after just two years. All right, wrapping up the show today, I've got some tidbits for you from uh, James Aconquo's uh, uh, European Championship that he's playing in right now with his home country, some baseball things to talk about, and then we'll get out of here. All of that coming up in just a second. All right, some tidbits for you at the midweek point. First off, some more basketball. The FIBA Under-20 Euro Championships are going on right now. Recent North Carolina verbal commit James Aconquo is playing for his home country of England, the UK. And so they just wrapped up pool play on Tuesday by defeating Hungary 57-54. Really close game there, but I, I bring it. I know it's like, why are we talking about Great Britain basketball? Especially, they're playing in Division B of this thing. They're not even in the top division. Well, it's it's interesting and perhaps somewhat instructive to look at what Aconquo is doing as part of his team. He's been starting every single game. He's been in that lineup doing what he needs to do to help his country. That's great news there. But beyond that. Let me tell you his stats from this game. Played 34 minutes, 42 seconds, 11 points, 10 rebounds, 3 of 8 shooting, 0 of 1 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line, only, quote unquote, only 4 turnovers, 1 steal, and 6 blocks. So you look at that stat line. Let me give you some things just to take away from what James Aconquo has done in group play of this tournament. Great Britain's played four games. Conquo, Carolina, rising junior, has had double-digit rebounds in every game. That's encouraging because rebounds is, rebounding is one of those traits that we talk about that translates. Conquo has now had a double-double, a dub-dub, as Isaac Shade calls them, in three of UK's four games. This one was 11 points, 10 rebounds. I also love to see him go five of five from the free throw line. He's not a, a he's not a bad free throw shooter, but he's also not a, a a great one or solid one. I'd love to see him get up to seventy percent this season. Five for eight is a great thing. O of one from the three point line. I talked earlier as we were talking about three pointers that he's not really a, a strong three point shooter. Only had six attempts in his entire West Virginia career, making zero of them. He's had uh, at least one attempt in all four of these FIBA games and hasn't made any. So we, we got to wait and see on that. I, I joked by saying he had only four turnovers. You might recall he had eight in GB in uh, UK's last game, and I believe six the game before that. So, you know, four calling that only is actually a big win. But perhaps the biggest number I want to look at and be awed by is his six blocks in this game. Because I think you might look at a Conquo's height at six eight and think, ah, he's not he's not somebody uh, that's a rim protector, and he's not in terms of the, the traditional meaning of the word of like, oh man, you're just this imposing figure. Dikembe Matombo right there by the rim is going to swat your shot and wag your finger and have all these. But Aconquo has this athletic ability, this timing to be able to go up and block a shot. And I don't care what division it is to get six blocks in this game is really, 
really impressive there from Oconquo. Okay, let's switch from the basketball court to the baseball diamond, where on Tuesday night, Zach Gallen started the all-star game for the National League. Tar Heel getting that start. You love to see that. It's just great for Coach Forbes and his program and their ability to recruit. Like, hey, come here, and you might find yourself on the mound to start the All-Star game. That's a real thing. Gallon, uh, for his actual stats that he had in this game, just pitched the first inning. You know, All-Star game, you're trying to get multiple guys' innings, but gave up just one hit, zero runs, no base on balls, one strikeout and did all that, uh, got out of the inning in just 15 pitches. He had a ground out to, to start the game or to start the, the inning. And then he struck out Shohei Otani. I love to see that. Gave up a single to Randy Rosarena from Tampa Bay. But then Rosarena was cut down by the Braves, Sean Murphy trying to steal and got out of the inning. And so I love this for Zach Gallen. Nice to get a pretty clean sheet performance. I know he gave up that single, but um, no runs and that that's always good. And folks, I, I just want to make sure you don't miss what a massive accomplishment this is. Gallon was the youngest NL All-Star Game starter in the last decade. Right now, he's leading the entire National League in wins above replacement war at 4.0. He's doing phenomenal things, and he is a Tar Heel. Speaking of the Tar Heels in Major League Baseball, UNC Baseball has had, per the, the Diamond Heels Twitter account, 48 draft picks in the last eight years. Well, folks, we can make that number 51 now because we know we already congratulated Matt Corvath on being drafted 53rd overall by the Orioles. But now Max Carlson has gone in the 12th round to the Red Sox, followed by Tomas Frick in the 15th round to the Yankees. So would love to see those guys, uh, Carlson and Frick, kind of come up through the rankings and then uh, get to the majors and play each other in a Yankees versus Red Sox matchup. Just going at it, that classic rivalry. Obviously, guys move around a lot as they come up through the minors and all that, but wouldn't that be a funny thing? Would love to see it. Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tarios. Thanks so much for tuning in. It was great to be together mid-week like this. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac shade if you want to have more in-depth conversation locked on tarheels at gmail.com and i uh, would love to chat with you there for those of you watching please subscribe to the show smash the like button and leave comments on your thoughts on today's show we will talk again i <laughs> promise you with pat killy i've done this to us all uh, a couple weeks recently and so i apologize for that but he will be with us on thursday's episode it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. And until we talk tomorrow, yes, it's going to be awesome, but I'll talk to you then. Peace. <laughs>